0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome, welcome to this special session where I'm gonna be talking about teaching engaging classes online. My name is Corey Olson, president and founder of Signum University, also known online as the Tolkien Professor, which is the title of my podcast I've been running uh, for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so now. Thanks every, to everybody who could join us. First thing I wanted to emphasize, and that is, I'm just checking to see, okay, we're still okay for number of attendees. Uh, so that's great. We're, I'm also simulcasting this on the Signum University Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash SignumU. Uh, so if some folks are watching it there. So I'll be monitoring that chat window as well. So if you are watching on Twitch, go ahead and feel free to, um, yeah, great. Yeah. So yeah, if you are mon- if you are watching on Twitch, go ahead and, and uh, you can speak in the um, uh, you can enter stuff in the chat session there, and I will see that as well. So okay, very good. Well, um, so let me. Tonight's going to be a, a, a kind of interesting in a couple ways. Uh, the I'm going to talk, of course, about online teaching. I'm going to give advice and suggestions and things like that. Um, but tonight's session is going to be very meta. Okay, Uh, was it going to be a little bit challenging at times? Here's what I mean by that. So uh, we are going to, I'm going to be talking about teaching the whole time through, but while I talk about teaching, I'm going to be trying to, I'm going to demonstrate, I'm going to have three different sections of tonight's presentation, okay, in which I am going to be modeling three different versions of synchronous online teaching. Okay, uh, the, the models, what those are gonna be, uh, first I'm gonna model lecture mode, what I call lecture mode, uh, and that's just me talking and then pausing for questions, basically, okay? Uh, so that's one mode. The second mode that I'm going to model is uh, what I call guided discussion mode. For those of you who watch my regular live weekly broadcasts for my Tolkien and fantasy content and stuff, that's what I normally do. That's my This is my default mode um, where I... And, where I, it's like lecture mode in that I'm the only one anyone can hear or see, but I'm there much more actively inter, uh, interacting with folks as I go along. It's not just a lecture. Now I will pause for questions, kind of deal. It's a lot more dynamic, and I'll show you how that works, hopefully. And then third, I'm going to do a, I'm going to show you seminar mode. I'm going to bring in some uh, some students. So we're going to have a small group discussion uh, again about online teaching and stuff. Uh, and uh just to show you how that kind of uh, thing can work and I'll try that actually in a couple different sub modes I'll do that audio only at first and then i'll we'll activate people's webcams uh and we'll do a we'll do a multi way video chat uh there as well so um okay so that's what we're gonna do that's how that's that's how this is gonna happen uh and again it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit complicated but we'll see uh we'll see if I can if I can accomplish all the things. The other thing, of course, that I'm gonna be trying to do throughout the session tonight is not just telling you things, but trying to draw attention to the things that I am doing while I do it, right? Um, so there'll be times where I'm gonna kind of interrupt myself to say things like, notice what I just did there, right? Or, you know, to draw your attention to some of the mechanisms that I'm using and, and all the other stuff, okay? Um, so, okay. So that's uh that's that's my little uh that's my little introduction. Okay, oh, one last thing. One last thing I wanted to say before I get fully started um and that is uh stay tuned at the end. Uh, at the end of tonight's presentation after I go through my stuff, my you know, my little demos and everything, um I'm going to tell you guys about a brand new program that Signum has launched in response to the current uh, situation we've put together a new program which we call the signum teachers teacher mentorship program uh, basically we're uh you know making ourselves available uh to help out to send a mentor to your school district your school your church whatever organization uh you are part of um that uh where you which might need some help if you've got a bunch of people who are kind of at sea and struggling or panicking even uh, about this whole online thing Obviously, there are a lot of limitations on tonight's session. This is a very general interest session, and I'm going to try to make all the things that I talk about tonight as broadly applicable as possible, applicable, you know, from kindergarten through graduate school. And uh, and, and I'm also going to try to make tonight as sort of software platform agnostic as possible, because I know lots of people are going to be using lots of different systems uh, and things like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... Uh, At the end, uh, I will tell you more about the mentorship program where we will, yes, virtually send you a mentor uh, to have a couple sessions with your particular group with your particular faculty um, to address their concerns to talk about uh, to give them specific advice about the platform that you are using uh, to talk about the curriculum that you guys are trying to kind of convert and do remotely and help uh, to formulate a plan for that transition and conversion so that you guys can uh, to help people build the most effective program uh, that they that they can uh moving forward so again i'm going to be talking about that more in detail at the end of the session so stay tuned uh for that you can also uh find it find more information about it on our website just signumuniversity.org mentorship uh is the uh is the web address of uh our the page describing the new program okay all right um so I'm, yeah, exactly, right. People are saying like, yes, physically sending folks out uh, is gonna be challenging. Yeah, yeah it sure would uh, in the current environment. That's kind of part of the issue, isn't it? No, 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 we can all do this uh, from our own homes. This is how Signum operates. Um, uh, ours is one, I, I know, one of the only schools in the country utterly unaffected uh, by the coronavirus because we already operate completely virtually. Okay. Um, so let me reemphasize before I begin, I'm going to try to keep this as neutral as possible to, you know, I'm not going to be talking about software platforms very much. It's really hard because I know a lot of times, you know, some, many of the struggles that people have are specifically connected to like, how do I use this program? And, uh, and I know that some of the questions people have are things like, which program should I use and stuff? I'm willing to talk about them a little, I mean, I'm not, you know, I have no, uh, i have no brief from any of the software programs right to sort of recommend one or one over the other their advantages and disadvantages of each of them depending on your uh you know what your goals and priorities are so it's really kind of hard to answer that question in general um the one that i am using right here um uh you know right here in net Well, i'm using two right now of course simultaneously well i suppose i should say three in the end uh go uh is the primary classroom interface that we've used at signum university for the last 10 years um it was a, a an early one right i adopted it 10 years ago and it's still around which is why i've been using it for so long and most of its competitors didn't exist back when i started so that's one reason why i've been using this and there are things that i like about it um definitely um uh so anyway so that that's but, but as i say i'm gonna try not to talk about that uh uh very much most of the things i i hope everything that i talk about tonight is generally applicable to to multiple platforms and whatever software uh you're using so okay um i am going to enter lecture mode now okay so what this means is i'm gonna i'm gonna be talking mostly uninterruptedly i'm not going to be looking at the questions for now i'm going to pause and i'm going to take questions in a few minutes okay um that's that's lecture mode right but i am going to encourage you at the beginning that one thing of course one of the most important differences between this kind of an online interface and a traditional classroom environment is you gotta leave people time to type right you can't just say any questions No? All right, let's move on, because people are like, yeah, wait, I'm typing, I'm typing, right? So you've got to leave people time. So that means try to think about leaving people, you know, you got to give people advance warning if you want questions. And a thing that I often end up doing when I have a spontaneous question that comes to mind that I ask is uh, kind of (laughs) improv a little bit, like I'll ask a question, and then I'll kind of improv for like, 15 to 30 seconds just to give people, make sure people have had time to type uh, so that, uh, you know, again, sometimes if people take a really long time, then it, we probably won't come in in time. But um, anyway, so uh, so that's, um, that's just a, one. So one of the ways that I do this is as I'm entering sort of a segment of lecture, I'm going to remind you Please don't wait until the end. Don't wait until I ask if there are any questions. To type your question, right? Uh, in where, you know, the, the, those of you who are here with me and go to webinar, you'll see your questions box, right? You can type the question in there, hit enter, and I'll get it, and it will be in my little questions box here. Um, so I can turn to that when it's lovely, when the questions box is full, uh, when it's time for me to stop for questions, right? So encouraging students to ask questions along the way as they occur to them, rather than having them just sit back and do nothing and then wait for you to ask. To solicit questions before they ask is one really good thing. So I'm doing that right now. Enter um, questions that you have uh, while I'm talking. So my fir- in my first section of lecture here, I'm going to be talking about general advice on an online presence when you are teaching online like this. The first thing that I would emphasize is the importance of human. Contact. Uh, I think that that's crucial. My the, the first thing that I would say, and this is a rule that I passed a long time ago for Sigma University classes. Whenever it's possible, like unless there is something that makes it physically impossible to do so, I always want to have the teacher's face live on camera. I know I've I've heard people say things like, "Well, I'm not much to look at. I don't think it's going to add much baloney." it adds a lot, right? When you can see the live action human being from whom the voice is coming, it makes a world of difference. One of the challenges, of course, in delivering online lectures, as you can well imagine, is that the odds that students start tuning you out are a little bit higher, or rather the, um, the ease with which students can tune you out is higher than usual. Now, of course, Don't kid yourself, right? Students are perfectly capable of tuning you out, you know, brick and mortar classroom. However, obviously, uh, when they are just at their computers and you can't see them or hear them, uh, and they're just supposed to be listening to you as you're talking, obviously, there's, it's real easy for them not to do that. And I think um, that if your face is not there, if you're just a disembodied voice, you are much much easier to ignore. You want to have people be able to see a moving human being and the voice emerging from an actual face. I think that that's really really crucial. So if that is at all possible for you to get on the webcam even if you are the only one who is visible, it is still definitely worthwhile. Um the uh the second part of that is eye contact. This is crucial and this is something that most online lecturers do a very, very bad job of. Now, eye contact might seem a little strange, right? But think about it. I'm making eye contact with you right now, right? Or at least it looks like I am, right? How is that? Because I'm staring straight into the webcam. I'm teaching on a Mac, uh, and as I used to say with Verlyn Flieger, one of the great Tolkien scholars in the world, when she first taught her first course with us way back, intrepidly taught her first course with us back in the uh, in the summer of 2012. Um, what I used to tell her, she was also a Mac user. I'm like, teach to the little green dot, teach to the little green dot, right? That's your students. The little green dots are your students. Look at them, right? Because it's really tempting to be looking at your notes, right? My notes are over here. So if I were spending the whole time doing this, right? Kind of looking at my notes and you're just seeing the side of my face the whole time, there's a huge disconnect there, right? And it feels like a huge, it's gonna feel like a huge disconnect to your students, right? You're basically, your body language is telling them, I'm not paying attention to you, right? I'm not even looking at you. Like I'm not even addressing you. I'm addressing somebody over there, right? Or somebody down here. Like that's another thing, people put their notes down on the table in front of them which is a bad idea. Don't ever put your notes down flat on the table in front of you or else people are going to be looking at your receding hairline in my case, right? The whole time, right? You don't want you don't want students to be staring at your scalp the whole time. That's that's bad news, right? Always at the very always have your notes vertical, right? And as close to the webcam ideally as you can, right? Sometimes I'll have my notes on my phone or my iPad and I'll actually prop it up on my laptop like right against my screen underneath the webcam so that all i have to do is flick my eyes down like that to see my notes right which is like what i would have to do in class i'd be standing in front of people with a podium in front of me right and i'd be looking down and then back up at them right try to make as much um try to make as much eye contact as you can because that really helps to to fill that connection so whenever unless you actively need to be reading a set of notes or reading student uh, uh, suggestions and things whenever you're doing sort of free lecture like this get in the habit of staring straight into the webcam i think that this is hugely important and it's one of the things that i always notice when i am watching people online um so um Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, great. So sorry. I've seen. I just glanced over at the questions, and I see lots of people trolling me, which is totally fine. I get it, people. Um, okay. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to, so I I mentioned about notes already. So I want to say a little bit more about notes and about your preparation. One of the things that I, again, I've already said what I think is the most important thing. Don't have your notes flat in front of you. Just don't, don't have your notes in a place where like looking at them is going to be a distraction to you or to other people, right? You don't want to be uh, people uh, uh, teaching into, you know, like, you know, you staring into your ear any more than they want into your scalp. Right. Um, Now, one of the challenges, of course, to this, so if you're just, so like right now, I'm not sharing my screen, right? I am only uh, sharing my webcam. So that makes it easier for me, right? That means that I could have my notes on the screen with me, right? And when I do that, I position them as close to the, as close to the webcam, as po- as, f- as physically close to the webcam as possible, right? Now, by the way, uh, a big challenge on the eye contact thing, and this is super counterintuitive, this is hard, right? When you are doing face-to-face video, right? If you've got students and they're on their webcams, it is almost impossible not to be looking at them, right? You want to make eye contact with the person's image. But, of course, if I'm looking down, you know, at Bobby's image down there, this is what it looks like on the webcam, right? So Bobby is not going to tell that I'm looking at him. Bobby's going to think I'm looking away from him. Right. So it's hard. But when you're listening, you can kind of look down. Um, but again, even even then, uh, just as much time as you can glance down, keep track of what's going on, but try to keep your eyes up on the webcam as much as possible. And Zach, you're right. Um, that, that is a good tip for a video for video interviews as well. The eye contact thing. Um, but um, anyway. Uh, but sorry, wait. I'm not supposed to be looking at comments. As I say, that's my default mode, so I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Um, I do recommend, if it is possible, have a second screen. Um, If you can get a, you know, you can get a a little second monitor for like under a hundred bucks these days. Um, If you're working off a laptop from home, highly recommend a second monitor. It's really, really helpful. I have my laptop. I'm just using, I'm using a MacBook Pro and I use uh, the webcam built in uh, because it's it's a pretty good webcam. Um, So I'm just, I've got my laptop square in front of me and I've got a second screen over here. And my second screen is all my stuff on it. And my first one I keep clean i keep the clean i don't even have my dock or anything like that on my laptop screen all of that is on my second screen so that when i do share my screen it's a perfectly clean desktop with nothing embarrassing on the desktop or uh, or anything else like that right um so uh i definitely recommend a second screen um sometimes again i like to have notes on a on on a separate device uh, either paper notes or a phone or my ipad which again i can kind of prop because i don't need to see the whole screen usually and i'll sometimes prop those up physically right on my laptop so that i can have those in the same orientation as my uh uh, as my as my webcam direction um a couple quick notes about production value don't worry about production value too much right Uh, you don't have to have like a professional studio or something like that but here's what i would say to prioritize, right? My priorities, I would suggest, would go in this order: number one, sound. Sound quality is the most important thing, right? Make sure that you have a decent, decent-ish mic. It, it's got to be clear. If people can't hear you, then everything else is useless, right? Um, the, uh, you know, as far as the uh, as far as this stuff is concerned. So, um, do make sure that you have uh, as good sound as you can. If there is a piece of hardware that you're going to buy, I would suggest a microphone. Um, And and again, you can get pretty good microphones for like 50 bucks or less. Um, uh, It shouldn't be needed. Your built-in laptop mic would probably be fine. Um, But again, the, the mic is the most important. The sound is the most important thing. So when I say the sound is the most important thing, I don't mean you must go out and buy an expensive mic. I'm saying be most conscious of your sound uh of your sound environment right so things and as we move forward in the spring this is going to become an issue especially in some parts of the country beware of fans right i know that sometimes you're you know you really need a fan because it's super hot that is loud thing like movement of air is super super loud in almost any mic uh so that kind of thing can create a lot of disruption. Another thing that I would say is um, that uh, background noise is always louder than you think, right? You might say to yourself, well, you know, there's like traffic noise over there, but they, that's pretty far away. They probably won't be able to hear it. Oh, they will, right? Well, my kids are in the next room, but the door's closed, it'll probably be okay they'll probably hear it right i mean i'm telling you people will hear will will almost always hear background noise um uh, you could <laughs> tom tom elman just made an allusion to what i was just going to say i was going to say ask some of my long standing students about the sounds from the hamster cage in the back of the room that i first broadcast in when i founded signum yeah harry the hamster was quite a, was quite a high profile character in some of my in some of my early classes um so okay. Anyway, that's um, uh, that's the 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 so first priority is sound. And sorry, one last thing I wanted to say about that as well. Um, definitely use earbuds at the very least. If you have a headset, awesome. If you have a headset, that's that's best, both for mic and for sound. Um, but you want to at least plug in a set of earbuds. To use um, because feedback is one of the most annoying things. If people can hear your speaker, if your speaker is going in through your mic, right, Um, so that like students speaking over the speakers are getting, then it, 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 there's nothing more distracting than trying to speak over an echo of your own voice delayed by like, a second and a half, right? It's almost impossible to do. So, uh, and and it can interfere with lots of people. Even if you don't hear an echo, your students might. If you don't have, uh, if you don't have stuff plugged in, so plug, uh, plug in a set of earbuds um, uh, at the very least. And again, if you have a headset, e- but even a set of earbuds, like this one of these. This is this is an old set, but even if you've got a built-in mic like that, that can often be fine um uh some of those are you know especially if they're older they can kind of break down a little bit but um but again i, I, I again, my point is not about needing a super high quality mic my point is about thinking about the 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 i don't know kind of purity of the sound input right less background noise um less wind noise if possible and definitely uh putting an earpiece in so that you don't uh you don't have Loop back and, uh, uh, and feedback there. Um, as well, yes, your students need to make sure they have that as well. Um, uh, if you're wondering what do I use, I can tell you. Uh, I use this. This is the this is the the blue Yeti. Blue is the name of the the, the brand. Uh, the Yeti is the model. I love this mic, I'm gonna stop touching it while I'm using it, which is probably making lots of weird noises for everybody. Um, But um, this is an awesome mic, it costs about a hundred bucks. So it's not like it's, you know, a massive, ridiculous investment, but it's a significant investment if you don't use it very often. I use it many, many hours a week, so it's totally worth it for me. Uh, Love the Blue Line. Um, If if you want a really, really high quality uh, mic, my recommendation is the blue snowball i love the blue snowball it's about 50 bucks uh really good quality mic it can be used for single direction dual direction or omni direction um and it's uh uh, it's 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 good it's plug and play with usb and it's easy to uh it's easy to get uh and as i say really high quality and doesn't break the bank but again that's not the most important thing the most important thing is managing your conditions there so Top priority for production value is sound. Second priority, lighting. Lighting can be really distracting. Um, And a lot of people don't really think enough about lighting. Um, and And it's easier than a lot of people think. You don't need, like, anything fancy. All you need is two lamps. Two lamps will do the trick. One lamp, and you look like this. Like you are, you know the light side and the dark side, right? And that's really distracting. If you've got a single spotlight shining down on you, you're gonna have weird shadows and stuff. So the way to solve all of those problems is just two lamps, one lamp from either direction, right? Any lamp, just regular nightstand lamps, one on each corner of your desk so that they're each going to either side of your face and you've got no weird shadow issues and you're gonna be well lit, okay? Um, that's really pretty much all uh that you need to think about for light it's really all you need to do for lighting um but if your lighting is bad in the room then you're going to get mostly like the glow off the screen and you're going to look like the walking dead um again if you are if you're um uh it, you know if if you're poorly lit or badly lit you're going to look like I don't know, like you're giving secret testimony or like this message will self-destruct or something like that. It it can get odd. Uh, So just that's my second. First is sound. Second is lighting. Third behind all of that is video quality. Honestly, Um, if you don't have a good webcam, it doesn't matter all that much. Built in webcams are usually fine. there's really no need to think like oh now that i'm like broadcasting online i've got to like go buy a uh you know a, an expensive high def camera you don't you really don't um i i find video quality uh like actual digital quality of the video to be um as i say like a, a distant third honestly on that list of three things that i was just describing um uh, yeah okay um so all right that's that's it that is my uh, uh are there now this is where i'm going to pause for questions so i'm going to turn to the questions box uh which i as you can tell i've been stealing glances at uh, uh up to this time And i'm going to respond to questions now one thing that you will notice that i do when responding to there are always two things that i do when i'm responding to text-based questions in class and that is first always acknowledge the name of the student And secondly, read it aloud. This a lot of people don't do. Um, But especially in an environment like this where the students, the whole class can't see the questions, but even if they can, they won't necessarily know when to look or they might not be scrolling at the same place, right? Um, Besides which, sometimes you might need, again, in some environments, I do this and some other people do this too. If you're making it available by recording, Right, if you're recording this and some people might watch it asynchronously, they're not going to have access to the text at all, right? So just read the question, even if it takes a while, read the question so that the full question can be heard out loud. This also is important, of course, for accessibility uh, for the visually impaired as well, um, which is an issue for us as well. Okay, so coming back to, uh, to, questions now uh let's see actually some of these i addressed already do i recommend the headset i absolutely do um uh uh yeah uh uh, melissa was saying uh, uh thank you for talking about lighting how it's been a problem for her yeah a lot of people don't really think about it it's an easy thing to overlook and it's not a hard thing to fix but it is an easy thing to overlook um and um let's see Susan asks, are, your, uh, are you a conscious of amount of time to speak before having a break? Is there a general amount of time before you would lose their attention? I, I think, Susan, I would say, you know, you're especially, I mean, you know, you have kind of an advantage, especially in the current you know, uh, coronavirus situation where you're shifting to online teaching with a class that you know already, right? You've been teaching them for months already. Um, So it's not like you're meeting a new group of students for the first time online, then it would be a little bit harder, right? And you have to kind of feel it out a little bit as you go. You know your students, right? Um, So I would say just kind of to judge judge by that. Um, I know my students and my students have a pretty big tolerance for long classes. So I tend to go for long stretches without breaks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) eight hours at times. Sometimes I do marathons, but that's a different thing. Uh, (laughs) Yes, some people are just teasing me about that right now. Um, But anyway, again, that's just, it's, it's it's mostly about knowing your audiences and feel free to ask, right? Again, you can, um, sometimes even Susan, I would say pausing to ask a question like that is really good to help people remember they're seeing a real person, right? I mean, students, Today are real used to sitting around and watching videos, right? They watch people talking to them on YouTube and stuff like that all the time, right? Almost all of your students probably watch YouTubers, Uh, so the experience of of consuming a video of somebody talking that's part of their daily lives electively, right? But so therefore, one of the things that they might kind of get get into is they might kind of get into that mode, right? I remember when when I used to when I first started listening to audiobooks and podcasts a lot a long time ago, one of the things that I sometimes caught myself doing was I, I used to carry my my old fashioned iPod back in those days, before the invention of touch of touchscreens in my in my in my right pants pocket, and I would catch myself sometimes, instinctively reaching for the pause button with my finger, like in a live conversation, like somebody would be talking. And before I caught myself, I would reach out to try to pause them because I was so used to listening to people and pausing them when something came up. I would just do it without thinking about it. So again, sometimes people might get into that mode. So Susan, the opportunity to remind your students like, hi, real person here in real time, right, is actually a good thing right? You're not just watching YouTube right now, folks, right? Uh, this is a human being. I'm sitting here in real time just like you. Um, so actually pausing the flow of things to say like, hey, you guys all right? Do you need a break? What's going on? Um, I think is a, a really good, um, a really good thing, actually. So, um, Okay, so um, Joshua asks, "How do I handle not being able to answer all the students' questions?" Joshua, that's always a problem, but I would say that's always that is always a problem, right? I mean, how do you handle it in class? I mean, there always comes kind of, in some ways actually it's easier um, when you're in a brick and mortar classroom. You've got like eight people with their hands in the air and you're like, ah, and you know, like you cannot possibly, if you try to call in every single person in the room, you're never going to get through what you got to get through in that class that day, right? So what do you do? You kind of, you know, you pick two, right? Or you pick three and then you're like, okay, I'm sorry, we we, we have to move on. You have to do the same sometimes, right? But Joshua, I would say you have this massive advantage when you're lecturing online. And that is you can see all the questions in advance. I got to tell you, when I shifted from brick and mortar teaching to online teaching, I love classroom teaching. And like this was, classroom teaching was like the best thing in my life. And if you had told me a year before I switched that I was going to give up Live classroom teaching, pretty much forever, and teach online exclusively for the rest of my life. I would have thought you were nuts, and that I would never, ever, ever, ever do that, um, because I love interacting with students. Live interactive teaching is the thing that I do. Um, and anyway, so I, I, but I couldn't go back. Now I thought I was going to lose like the 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 dynamic classroom environment. What I found was that. I gained so much, right? I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same, but there are ways in which the online environment is actually more advantageous as a teacher. And Joshua, this is the number one way for me. I'm sure you guys have all been in this situation. You ask a question, you come to an end, you say, Are there any questions? And three people raise their hands, right? You know, you've been doing this long enough to know that at least one of those three people, if you call on them, are gonna derail everything. They're gonna ask a question that's totally, pushes things in an utterly different direction from where you wanted to go, or they're gonna like talk for five minutes and you're gonna have to like, okay, thank you very much, right? You're gonna have to find some way to politely interrupt them and get things back going, right? So it's always like this game of Russian roulette, right? With calling on people in class and, In retrospect, what I wouldn't have given to know what was in the heads of each one of the students, right, if I could have seen all of their questions in advance. So in those times, Joshua, when I am having to choose, when I know I can't address everybody's questions, um, but I can only address two or three, and I can pick and choose and choose, like, the two or three that I think are most important, most relevant of all of the questions, oh, man. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't have given for that, right? But I have that now online. Um, It is fantastic. Honestly, I couldn't go back. If I were to go back to regular classroom teaching, I would want some kind of... I would actually want... I would work to integrate some kind of text interface. I totally would um, because it is so cool. Um, But um, uh, anyway, so... um, so that's uh that's that, that that's so yeah, you, you just kind of have to sort of be ready to to move to move forward there. Um, okay, good, good. Excellent. Um, so scanning through, I think those are the so uh, Kurt you ask, can students see questions? That depends on your platform. sometimes students will sometimes they won't. Um, okay, good. Um, then let me do let me do one more shorter little lecture segment, and then I'll take some more questions, uh, and then we'll move on to the next segment. Um, so the, 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 my, again, encourage you ask questions as we go along. Um, let me tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do and how this emerged. A lot of you know me, uh, a lot of you don't know me and might be wondering like, you know, who am I to be giving advice and everything. So let me just explain just a little bit about, my background and how I came to do this, and it will help to sort of explain my own experience with this stuff as well. Um, I was uh, I was an English professor, uh, I have a PhD in medieval literature, and I was a medievalist at a brick-and-mortar uh, liberal arts school, loved teaching there, loved my students. Um, I started my podcast uh, called The Tolkien Professor uh, as a kind of alternative scholarly outlet, essentially, um, and loved doing my podcast. That was a long time ago, back in 2008 I first began, 2000, uh, 2009, 10 is when it really sort of got off the ground, um, but um, what happened as I was doing my podcast was... Um, you know, people started listening to my podcast and I found students had more and more, uh, that is students. I call them students by default because that was my world. Um, my podcast listeners wanted more and more opportunities to interact live. So I started experimenting with ways to do more live sessions, uh, with folks, live Q&A sessions, stuff like that. And I began, uh, I ran an experiment, uh, within my podcast, which was, uh, for, um, Uh, It was called the the Silmarillion Seminar. Got about 20 people together from around the world and we did a live seminar discussion. That was my first sort of experiment. Um, uh, uh, That that was my first experiment in in interactive online teaching. Uh, And it was really, it was really fun. I founded Signum University in 2000, the 2011-2012 year Signum, because I found that nobody else was doing interactive online education. There were a lot, there's a lot of online education out there, um, but very few people taking advantage of, you know, advancing web technology to do real synchronous teaching uh, in an online environment. Um, so I founded Signum University, and we've been running since then um we i you know designed uh, a new teaching structure you know we kind of approach courses differently a little bit differently at signum um focusing on trying to optimize the use of our online environment not just not only imitating a brick and mortar model um but really finding ways as we've been continuing to do over the last 10 years um to to better and better optimize uh, our uh, our online environment um and i have continued uh delivering live uh sessions i do live teaching sessions uh online somewhere between five and ten hours a week every week uh and uh i've gotten fairly adept i can now monitor three or four chat uh, Windows at once while I'm going, uh, and it's uh, it's it's kind of fun and uh, and interesting. So that for me, the thing that I've always been passionate about is is teaching, is interactions between teachers and students, and of course, therefore, uh, finding the ways in which we can use the internet as a way to connect people, not just to disseminate content. The, content. the internet is great for that, right? And that, of course, can be a way in which you can you know, kind of convert to remote teaching, um, is by, you know, just like giving assignments and collecting assignments and, and, and doing that kind of like totally asynchronous thing. A lot can be accomplished that way, but there's opportunity for a lot more. Uh, and I think that that's really, that's really fun. Um, okay. So any, uh, any, uh, questions about, um, uh, any, any, questions about that. Let's see. Uh, Lawrence says, can I recommend free tools that we can use immediately to start online classes? Um, you were forced by our government to go this way and we need to set up online classes within a week. Yeah. Um, well, Lawrence, okay. I, I, I don't want to talk about platforms too much because everybody has different capabilities and different requirements and things. But for people who have to start something up from scratch, um, Zoom is very popular zoom has the free version of zoom has restrictions like you can only go for 40 minutes um which can be really hard for teaching sessions especially mine um so that's that's yeah you there are paid levels where you can lift some of those restrictions but um that's one limitation to zoom zoom is a great platform love zoom um honestly lawrence if i were setting up trying to set up something free and quickly uh within um within a week I would use Google Hangouts. Uh, that's the simplest way to go. Um, so that's my my quick answer to that uh, to that question. All you need is an email uh, to be able to log on, and people can pretty you know pretty much anybody can use Google Hangouts. That's what I would recommend. Um, Yeah, Victoria asks, how do I deal with tech problems that students experience without breaking the flow of class and wasting time? It can be hard and sometimes there is a distraction there. You know, sometimes you do have to kind of work with things. Um, I would, um, I would say, um, Mm. um, sometimes, I think the main thing I would say is look at the big picture, right? Um, If a student is really struggling and can't get in at all, I would take a couple, you know, take a minute or two to try to help the student get things together. But if they can't, make sure you get, you know, just excuse them from that session and and try to get back to them between sessions Um, because you don't want to derail everything for everybody and spend the whole time doing tech support for one person. Right. I mean, they have to understand that that's not really a good use of everybody's time. Um, some people are going to need extra help and you can kind of give them extra help in between is really the best thing. Try um, a couple quick things to help them in the short term and then, you know, cut losses and move forward. I would uh, I would rec, I would recommend. Um, OK, OK. Um, And yeah, Lisa, that's a really good idea. Um, Set up a a, a special session just for a test run before you start your official classes is certainly a a good thing to do. Um, Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm going to move to guided discussion mode. I've already been kind of teasing this. I mean, you can see how I prefer this and how I like to do this, and that is – I prefer, rather than lecturing and then pausing, the advantages of doing lecture mode, like I've been trying to show, is um, you can proceed undistracted, right? A lot of people have a hard time maintaining their flow, right, in what you're teaching if you've got text popping up at you the whole time that you're looking at, right? So sometimes it's just better, put the comment box away, right? Just focus on your content and what you're teaching. And then at specific points, you know, arrange to stop and look at the questions then. Um, so that can be a big advantage. Um, but I really love guided discussion that is interacting with people continually while I am talking and enabling therefore the discussion to kind of flow from the comments that people are making. Um, and the, um, uh, uh, and the 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 things that you have to say, things, you know, kind of can sort of emerge there. So the things that I wanna, the, the, the topic I wanna raise here uh, briefly in this section, uh, is I, I wanna think about, more about what remote uh, teaching is. And actually, Joshua, let's start with your question here. Um, about teaching asynchronously. Are there any advantages to that? There absolutely are, especially in some ways. Here, I think the thing to do, uh, so my, my premise is not everything should always be synchronous because that's not true. It's not always best, and it's certainly not best for every situation. Um, that is different circumstances with different students and different, uh, uh, different sort of environmental factors, right, can, uh, can really be a factor there. Um, so. Um, I would, uh, I would say, to, but just be aware that it's there. Don't let yourself get locked into the idea that remote teaching means asynchronous teaching. It absolutely does not have to be that. You can have a really active give and take with some really awesome sort of educational chemistry going on in real time. Uh, in an online environment, uh, and that's been enormously satisfying for me over the years. But Joshua, situations where I do recommend asynchronous teaching. So, like at Signum, um, the kinds of places where we have gone to asynchronous teaching, even for lectures, is places where you're just, you're, you're, you're in download mode right? You're just downloading information. So for us in our courses, we do this especially in language acquisition classes. We do very little literature discussion asynchronously, because that's something that is better if people have a chance to uh, contribute to the whole flow of the discussion, right? But but language acquisition. So if you're trying to explain to somebody, you know, how paradigms work in Anglo-Saxon verbs, okay, like that's, not changing, right? You don't need to have a dynamic discussion about that. If you're trying to explain second declension nouns in Latin, that's what it is, right? Um, So for things like that, it's actually easier. The advantage to asynchronous videos and things like that is that students can watch them on their own t- at their own time, and they can watch they can re- rewatch them. They have it as a resource to go back to if they need to, rather than only having a live classroom experience. So if there's something like that, like here is information that you this is me explaining things to you, right? Um, then even shorter video segments like that can be really, really valuable. And then you can focus your synchronous time on responses to it, right? Here's the information, boom, I'm gonna give you this and you can download this or you can read this, you can do that on your own time, but do that before this time, because that's when we're gonna meet to talk about it, right? And we're gonna go over your work and we're gonna discuss the questions that you have and we're gonna work together on those things, right? whether you're going over homework, whether you're uh, discussing essays whether you're you know having a discussion session on the, uh, on, the, on the, you know that's when you want to have where you want to be able to get the most uh, out of your out of your synchronous teaching um, things like discussion boards are a really nice kind of middle ground right um, you can have you know these of course they're asynchronous in the sense that they're you know they're just out there and people can kind of tune in and contribute at their own speed and wherever they are but they are also dynamic and evolving right it's not they're not just it's not just like a static thing that you've posted uh for people um and of course discussion boards threaded discussions are great ways to assign supervised group work and things where you have students working on something together but you're part of the you know you can see it right you can see the whole thread um so that's something that i think is very um um uh, is very is very helpful. Yeah, exactly, Sparrow. Uh, the flipped classroom, we do that. That's a, a kind of thing we do a lot at Signum. Um, download info asynchronously. discuss together. That's that is. Uh, if uh, if flipped classroom concepts were something that was kind of challenging for you to integrate in your regular brick and mortar classroom environment, try it now because uh, you've got opportunities to experiment with things like that now. Um, okay, so, Paul, let me address this question because a couple of people have asked this now. Uh Paula says is it normal to not be able to see others' questions? Again, that's a platform specific thing. GoToWebinar does their questions box this way. Um there is a chat room option as well, but this is the question. And I got to tell you I love that. I personally as a teacher strongly prefer when I'm doing class like this to have the questions only visible to me and not to everybody and there are two reasons for this. One, it creates a kind of a safer space. Right. Um, I find that the text questions box is, a. I find it so much easier. And again, I know many of you can relate to this. In the brick and mortar classroom, I had a really, really hard time with um, trying out the shy students and the introverts, right? Uh, getting people to be willing to speak. It is so much easier to get people to open up and get a broader based contribution to your class discussion. Um, it makes it so much easier and nicer that not everybody is reading what they're saying. And also, it makes it much, much easier for you um, uh, so that you can kind of skip over things. Another thing that I do, I will confess, when I read questions aloud, ar- aloud, I sometimes edit them tacitly, right, um, just to kind of make things smoother. And, I, and people make mistakes and I don't want to embarrass them for it or have them feel embarrassed for it. So I'll, I'll do that or I'll sort of pass over an inappropriate comment or something like that. Um, But um, the other thing, of course, that's a challenge. And this is to me the reason why I much prefer not having students be able to see each other's questions is they can't resist answering them then. And then you get these whole like multiple parallel discussions going on at the same time that you're trying to have a separate discussion. And it's like, oh, that drives me bananas. It's really challenging. It's very, very difficult. Um, And um, so for me, I, that's why I very much strongly prefer having the, the, when I'm, when I'm in teaching mode like this, that is when it's just me, people can see and hear. I really like it when, um, when I'm the only, when I'm the only one who can see those, so that it's just, it's sort of, it's, it's private. It's just being used for its purpose. That it's not becoming a chat room. It's just questions to me. And I really like that. Um, so, okay. Um, See, there's one more question I was gonna answer. So by the way, this is another thing that is really challenging. One of the, as as I said, I love guided discussion. I love being able to interact with people as I go along to be able to spontaneously answer questions and move through. But the the challenge to it, tracking, um, these things can be difficult. Um, Trying to avoid a lot of dead air as you stare and read questions. Encourage students to keep their comments short right don't type in a full paragraph because I'm not going to have time to read all that right give me a a simple thing that I can read at a quick glance and then respond to and read out back again um, that's a very uh that's 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 much simpler but again it's it can be kind of simple right It can be kind of uh uh well sometimes it can be simple and sometimes it can't right um I like the idea, yeah, uh, Matt, you're right, uh, that I should mention. I don't have any objection to students chatting with each other. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan when I'm trying to hold their attention, um, but I don't mind having a place where, you know, sometimes I find profitable things come from conversation, you know, side conversations that students will begin discussing something that just came up in class, um, but not necessarily just asking questions to me. Um so that's something that can often be really useful and I certainly don't um I don't I don't mind that. Um so yeah exactly Luke having an open unmonitored chat room for students to use at any time I think is often really beneficial it's something that I do like doing. Um, yeah yeah. Um okay good well I'm going to move on to our third section now uh which is uh seminar mode. So I'm going to bring in a few friends here. Let me go back to there's my attendee list. Okay, so I'm going to bring in a few people. No, don't worry. Don't, d- don't get scared. I'm not going to choose people by, uh, by lot here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in some folks who are connected with Signum in various ways and used to some of this stuff. Hello, Elise. Hello. Oh, but hang on. I've got multi-way audio, so I'm putting in my earbud now.
1: And I am also muting my microphone when I'm not talking.
0: Better do that. Okay. Very good. And I'm going to bring, so there's Elise. Hi, Elise. Hello. And you are in, tell everybody where you are.
1: I am in Brooklyn, New York.
0: Okay.
1: I'm currently on lockdown. I'm
0: down in New York. Indeed. Okay, and I'm going to unmute Sparrow. Good evening, Sparrow.
2: Good evening, Professor Olson.
0: Okay, and you are here not too far from me in the lovely state of New Hampshire.
2: That's right. I'm just north of you by about an hour and a half.
0: That's right, which counts for super close by in signum terms. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then I'm going to bring in Matt. Matt DeForest.
3: Good evening, Matt. Good evening, Corey. How are you doing? Good. And tell everybody where you are. I'm uh, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, in a uh, city called Monroe.
0: There we go. Monroe, North Carolina. Very good. And I'm going to bring in Sharon. Let's see. Sharon, there you are. Hello. Good evening. Hi, Sharon. Tell everybody where you are.
4: I'm in the Phoenix Valley in Arizona.
0: Okay, very good. And one more, we're gonna go a little further afield for this one and bring in Dime Binkley. Hi Dime. Hello everyone.
2: I am so- Dime, and yeah. I am in Fairbanks, Alaska.
0: Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay, so we got a fair geographic spread here. Um, Now, all of these lovely people are folks who have been, um, uh, not only folks who have been involved with Signum uh, for some time, but also people who have uh, a good bit of teaching experience as well in different, all different kind of areas and, and places. So I wanted to kind of bring you guys uh, together here first to demonstrate how the uh, a, a multi-way discussion will work. First, we're going to do audio only, and then I'm going to bring in webcams so we can see both of those things, okay? Um, so mm-hmm. audio only first. Now, obviously, one of the challenges when you're doing audio only is sometimes, so first of all, a sound note. Um, there sh- in whatever platform you're using there should be a mechanism for people to mute their mics through the software or of course sometimes if you have a separate mic you can physically mute it on the mic itself always emphasize to your students this is very important um that we um uh, that you mute yourself when you're not speaking okay because again remember i said your background noise is always louder than you think so you're going to have like stuff going on in the back when you have like 10 or 15 or 20 mics open at the same time, you're guaranteed to get distracting background noises from somebody, right? So uh, try to encourage your students to get into the habit of muting themselves by default so they can hear, but only when they are going to speak do they unmute themselves. Um, so there are different mechanisms that you can use for like raising your hand or getting called on. Of course, I can I can call on people. Um, but the, the thing that you that you need to do, and this just kind of takes some practice with the group, right? Group practice, I mean, not just you as a teacher, for everybody to kind of get used to uh, doing this kind of thing. So you, you you get used to sort of verbal cues. And, uh, you know, one of you guys can jump in here with one of those, like, you know, if I could just add something here, you know, like so that you can sort of signal when you're going to start talking. You, you don't want to just unmute yourself and launch in right um, because then you could be talking over somebody else uh, so a certain amount of sort of patience and politeness here uh, is I, uh, is definitely might. in order sorry go ahead
4: if I might this is Sharon
0: absolutely yeah yeah
4: yeah just uh, stepping in and not stepping over one another again it's it's yeah. a matter of getting used to things and your students will pick it up in time um, and they'll they'll feel, they'll start to feel comfortable of course the difficulty will come if it's they large group of students Uh, right now we've got a very small group uh, which is very manageable but if you try to have an open mic uh, large group you might be heading for disaster
0: absolutely absolutely yeah Yeah. sharon yeah sure sparrow go ahead
2: this is sparrow and sharon i noticed that you said your name right at the beginning of when you started speaking i want to thank you for that it helped me picture your friendly face and know what
0: was going on (laughs) yeah that is a really important thing to to encourage your students to get in the habit of saying you know hi this is corey and then you know move on because sometimes in a lot of the interfaces there will be a little place where it will say who's talking right um but that's not always that doesn't always happen, or people don't always notice it. So yes, introducing your, just mentioning who it, who it is, so people don't have to guess who's speaking, uh, is definitely a good thing. Okay, well, here, so here's the question I wanted to give to you guys uh, here at uh, first, and that is, again, I know you guys have experience with teaching in different kinds of environments and things, and and of course you guys are all in different parts of the country, and there are different kind of states of things going, you know, different. Things have progressed to different points in different parts of the country right now as far as where we are and what's happening uh, currently. Um, could, you, um, uh, could you just sort of share with people some of the challenges that you feel like people are going to be? I'm not asking you to solve everybody's problems, but uh, just kind of mention some of the issues that you think you know, people might be having or might be concerned about right now.
2: I have an example, Corey. Sure. Sparrow, Um, go ahead. This is Sparrow. And I have the great fun of teaching at the community college. Mm -hmm. And I teach college comp. Everybody gets to have college comp. And I teach both online and live.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And I have taught in both modes during the same semester so I can hold them right side by side. It takes Right. right it is different inside people's heads that the the self-motivated student the one who you know keeps a bullet journal and makes a plan at the beginning of the week is going to be absolutely fine online mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. folks who have self-selected or or through whatever circumstance are better in person they need a little extra help Right. When when we move to online, I've discovered um, some students need maybe the morning announcement email. Everyone, mm-hmm. remember, we're not meeting today, but you should be reading this article with the direct link. Right,
0: right. That's,
2: that's just something I learned. Yeah. Some folks are not great at it, so we give them all the help we can give them.
0: Yeah, it is true that there has been, in the online teaching world in general, there has been a strong bias towards meeting the need of the self-starting student, right? A lot of online education, um, in general, has been focused on students who are good at self-starting, right? Who are good at running their own program, right? You just kind of lay things out for them and they can work their way through it, um, And that's great. That's awesome. I mean, that's great. That's wonderful to have that for people. But Sparrow, as you say, not not all students are like that. Right. Um, and so, especially now, um, one of the things that I can, that I've heard a lot, you know, over the last 10 years that I've been doing online education as education has, as online education has been becoming more and more mainstream over the last, you know, uh, five to seven years, um, The reactions I get when I tell people that I run an online school have been changing. One of the things that I hear a lot, though, from people is I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I I, I do online education. And sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work for me. Right. Which is an interesting kind of comment, I find, in some ways. Like, I've almost never heard people say that about a brick and mortar classroom. Right, like they'll say. I mean, it might not work for them in some ways, but they very rarely say that. Like that didn't work for me. Like it's different in some way that made it not work. Um, and Sparrow, my own feeling is that a lot of it comes down to that. A lot of it comes down to a presumption that a lot of online education has that basically you need to you need to be driving your own you know your own vehicle through this pretty pretty actively, right? Um, and uh, and right now, when everyone, you know, practically everybody across the country is being thrust into doing this kind of education, uh, you know, remotely, you're going to have everybody in this boat, and some people are going to really struggle with that. So keeping that in mind, um, that just posting, it's 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 going to be challenging. So yeah, I agree, that's a big challenge. Other thoughts, and again, please do people who are who are listening, people do feel free still to, to make comments and observations and questions of your own, and we can, we can kind of work you into the discussion here as well.
4: Corey, I, I have a question. Yeah. Sure. I actually have a question for our, our listeners. Um, I'm seeing that the majority of these folks who are being put into this position are the higher education college, mm-hmm. even junior college. Uh, but there are some instances where a teacher of friends of mine at the high school level are being uh, encouraged to try this yes. um it's it seems all of a muddle um so of course that group of students is going to be motivated differently obviously yes. they're there because they have to be not because they have elected to be um mm-hmm. so those challenges are going to be different uh, for those stu- uh, teachers and i'm wondering if anybody in our audience is in that situation or if you're primarily the secondary or high uh postgraduate
0: yeah, Thanks. no, that's a, that's a great question. We'd love to hear, uh, any sort of, um, uh, comments or challenges, you know, for those of you, I'm sure there are some who have already been, um, uh, who have already been working on this already now for a week or two, um, folks in K through 12 who have been, you know, what kinds of struggles have you been, have you been, been finding? James says that he's, uh, trying this out both for his college classes and his church Sunday school. Yeah, uh, churches I know are another demographic that are uh, suddenly experimenting with online stuff. Um, So, ah, yeah. uh, uh, Yeah, wow, okay, so um, yeah, lab science classes, William, that's tough. Grace, massage classes. Now that is challenging, (laughs) I will admit. uh yes okay so I can, I can see how that would normally be, as you say, rather a more hands-on experience traditionally than the, the online environment will allow. Um, uh, Grace, the only thing comparable I have to that is I'm currently working with my karate dojo to start doing some online karate classes, which is also something that is not normally, that's also usually a fairly hands-on experience, uh, uh, not to mention feet and things. Um, so anyhow
2: hey here, uh, and and I have a niece who just recently graduated and now is working at a, as a nurse in Washington state and can you imagine having to learn online how to put an iv in
0: <laughs> yes oh man it's it's very difficult it's it's very difficult yeah so i mean the best thing's there focus on what you can do well. You can say, I mean, it's not going to be the same, right? I mean, there's no way. There is no way that an online class is going to be the same when you're, do, when you're used to like having students do things in science lab with their own hands and to see them with their own eyes. You're not going to get that same experience online. When you're teaching massage, you can't, Do show them the same thing. You can't have them experience the same thing. You know, you're teaching karate, you just can't hit anybody. So obviously, it's not going to be the same experience. My primary advice there, focus on what you can do. Make the most of what is possible. And what is possible, even for things like that, is video, demonstration, and discussion. And you can do multi-way video, right? So you can still see people and you can still hear people uh, and you can, you can show them something and then you can watch them do it. And then you can show something and you can watch them do it and you can talk about it in real time. It's not the same, but it is a great deal better than nothing. Um, uh, So that's the main thing that I would, uh, that I would, um, that I would say about that.
3: Um, Could I make a question about that? Um, it, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, the ability to kind of see inside your students' heads as they raise their hands. Yes. Uh, everything that we're going to be looking at, it thinking about this process as it's a different learning environment, one that will have greater strengths in some areas and weaknesses in others. Yes. All of us are used to rolling with those punches based on what was on the news the night before, or you know, what do you mean that The food in the cafeteria was bad that day, and all of (laughs) those things happen to us all the time. We're just used to adapting to them as they occur. Now the entire country gets to experiment with it.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And that is the thing to keep in mind. Yeah, some things are going to be harder, but some things will be easier. uh, Which, if you give it a chance, you'll find that there'll be something there. There will be ways in which your online interface will have advantages over the, your normal interview. It'll be different, but there will be some advantages. Uh, and just try to make the most that you can uh, of that. Okay. So uh, folks, here are a couple of issues that people have been raising. Um, uh, let's see. We've got uh, uh, Courtney, of course. She's a, a friend in a alum of Signum. Courtney, Truchi says uh, she's a high school English teacher and we don't have a way of actually teaching online yet. The best we have is assigning things through Google Classroom. I'm in an urban district and at times it's difficult to motivate students inside the classroom, let alone getting them to do work outside of school. Uh, that is certainly that is certainly a big issue. Um, uh, any recommendations would you guys uh, would have uh, for this? It's certainly... Um, I mean, there's no question. This is a challenge. Again, as Courtney says, it's a challenge all the time, right? This is not a new challenge with online education. It's just the same challenge within within some kind of different parameters.
1: May I interject, Corey?
0: Yeah, sure, please.
1: Hi, sorry. This is Elise. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney, I've been where you are, yeah, many times. Um, well, a few times, I should say. And I think that what is going on right now that i think every teacher could possibly try and remember is that the core of what we do as teachers is here is that there is something that the kids need to know by the end of the year maybe they have to pass a test and how are they going to prove that they know what they know right and i think this is a good opportunity for kids to get really creative and with for teachers to get creative with assessments Mm -hmm. Almost Mm -hmm. every student, almost every, almost every parent, I will not say every parent, I will say almost every student and parent has some kind of video camera or some internet interface. So this is a good chance for a student, for example, to do a video project or to do a creative project. Um, I remember, Corey, you were telling me um, that you assigned your sons over the summer to have mm-hmm. their own create some kind of creative project for them to work mm-hmm. on. That was theirs. Right.
0: Um,
1: I've had students. Um, I've assigned my students, my seniors. When I taught uh, high school, I told them that their final. Thing to graduate was to give me a TED talk on right. any po- on any topic that they wanted and they asked me, well, can I talk about Star Wars? Yes, you can talk about Star Wars. Can I talk about Nicki Minaj? Yes, you can talk about Nicki Minaj. Why, why, why are you letting me do this? Because this is your project, this is your grade, so you need to prove to me that you are, that you know this content and that you know what it's going to be to go into X, Y, and Z location, whether it's college, the workforce, whatever it right. may be. So being flexible with your parents and your students, if it's possible to contact parents and let them know, here's what, you know, things are different right now, but here's what you can do at home. Or here's what I would like your student to do. To, I would like your child to do at home
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that you have somebody on your side to say, okay, Miss Petrucci wants you to get this essay done. Let's get this essay done. Or, uh, Mr. Smith wants you to color this coloring page by the end of Tuesday. How, what, what do we need to do in order to get that done? Use yeah. your community and use who you have on the ground, but also recognize that you have to plan from sometimes from you have to plan uh, backwards planning right. is key. Understanding what you're aiming for so that whatever bells and whistles your school has provided you with, you can use those bells and whistles in order to create your own classroom, whatever that may look like. Yeah. Hey, yeah. may
2: I add something, Elise? Sure. Okay. That's that. This is Sparrow and Courtney. It sounds like you don't have your own platform that your school wants you to use. So I have short, little five minutes or less, tiny grammar lectures and punctuation lectures on my own youtube channel right right everyone's got a youtube channel as long mm-hmm. as we're content to to you know follow and have to upload content to google
0: yeah
2: <laughs> so if if i can say okay i want you to go back and look at the semicolon vid mm-hmm. That's just a link. If all you can do is email your students, you can still send them a link to your mini lecture. And I realized that some of my students, their only tech is a phone. So instead of saying, go to this whole channel and then scroll through pages and pages of stuff and find the right thing, give them the easiest, most direct link you possibly can. Absolutely. yeah and Courtney if you would like um any help on how I specifically did my little mini lectures that's great and they're only 5 minutes because that's within an attention span
0: Absolutely absolutely Yeah no that's awesome that's awesome and um yeah it's it is you know uh, Victoria adds uh uh that Using incentives so students can earn little rewards along the way is good, or competitions so that students can interact with each other. Um, she mentions that our college students love Kahoot. Yes, Kahoot is is, is really popular right now, uh, and that's something that students can really enjoy using. Look it up, K-A-H-O-O-T, if you don't know it. Um, um, anyway, yeah, no, there are lots of things that you can do, but again, the thing that I would point out here: this is not a unique challenge, right? It's different circumstances, right? And so it's kind of it challenges you because you can't use the things you normally do necessarily uh, in a classroom, in a, in a brick-and-mortar classroom environment. But the challenges that you're trying to face are not are not new, right? They're not they're not totally different. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me uh, actually activate our, the, your webcams now uh, so that we can see. This is going to take a second. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through here. It's rather a long list of folks. Uh, so I'm gonna promote you guys, and then I'm you can turn on your webcams just so that people can see how that would work too. Um, and this is something that we like to do often. Um, there are gonna be different restrictions um, involved for let's see okay there we go uh, the, uh the, so one of the restrictions that this can kind of uh run foul of sometimes are um uh web or uh, bandwidth restrictions um so and sometimes people you know there can be hardware issues here if people if everybody doesn't have webcams and stuff um so, okay, let's see. Um, I think, did I get everybody? Did I get Sharon, too? I think I got everybody. Okay, so. Uh,
4: I think I'm having bandwidth. Oh, no you problem. said, we go. But no I, problem. So yeah, what we I do is. I might pop in eventually.
0: We'd be flexible. That's all good. And so, Dime, you should be able to turn on your webcam, I, too? Actually, I'm not used to using the Mac side of my uh, okay. computer, so I don't know exactly how to turn it on that's okay see then what i would what what i would do as i said before we'll just we'll proceed with you on audio only and then i would just meet with you after class to make sure you know how to do that and then we'd be all ready for the next session so um if you again so sometimes there are limitations in the number of people you can bring in so if you've got like 20 25 people in a class you're probably not hey dmae did it there you go welcome dmae um Uh, so yeah, sometimes if you're, um, uh, if you're, if you've got a large class, you may not be able to get everybody's webcams on at the same time and it can take up more bandwidth and be more laggy and stuff like that. So, um, sometimes I would say that you would be able to just kind of, we do it in different ways at Signum. Uh, sometimes if we have a small class. People will like to just have your, you know, your webcams open all the time so that you're just always. I really like having the webcams open. It's fun to be able to see people. Um, I talked at the beginning about the human contact with the speaker, with the lecturer, which I think is really important. And so being able to have faces out of which I can see the lovely voices emerging as well is also really nice. Also, it enables people to physically raise their hands if they wanna talk, which makes things a little bit uh, smoother. Sometimes there are electronic mechanisms for hand raising, but sometimes I find running a class, I find those are easy to miss, to overlook. Um, Like right now, those are on the attendee list, which, is really long and I have to scroll so in order to see who is trying to raise their hands I'd have to be constantly <laughs> scrolling up and down the attendee list which is not efficient uh, anyway so um, uh, so good yeah I, Luke I do think mechanisms for raising your hand even if you have to like make up your own right you know just just there there are other kind of workarounds that you can put into place uh, if you need to so yeah at least go ahead
1: Sparrow and I often implement funny noises. <laughs> do we not, Sparrow?): <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, hang on, Sparrow, I think you're muted. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, so I think I got muted there.
2: Yes I, Yes, I am. I had, I had self-muted, lest the uh, computer fan be too loud. Sorry. Yes. At least, would you care to demonstrate a funny noise?
1: <laughs> Please do yeah. share. <laughs> Not today, but I will demonstrate baby Cthulhu.
0: <laughs> you have your baby Cthulhu. We'll sometimes bring with you. pets.
1: Well, <laughs> pets will sometimes make an appearance. I have no pets, but I have baby Cthulhu.
0: Yes, yes. Now, this, of course one has to weigh as a teacher, right? Um, Opening the webcams can be like opening Pandora's box, right? (laughs) Uh, So if all of a sudden everybody's cats and dogs and siblings (laughs) and stuffed animals (laughs) and everything are suddenly making appearances, then that can be... that can be community building it can also be extremely productivity destroying as well, so you just kind of have to find the balance there. Um, it is one reason in which uh uh in which uh, uh, audio only can be uh can can actually be more uh smoother and more efficient in some ways
4: uh one thing this is disappointing that I don't get to share my camera. I was going to Share, but I will just describe it to you in words. One thing I do to help me keep my eyes on the camera is to use a post-it note, and I cut out a hole where that would go over the little camera light, the little the little eye, right. and I draw a little face around it, a little smiling face, and I talk <laughs> to that because that little face up there reminds me I'm supposed to be looking at the camera and
2: not just the the picture on the screen.
0: Yeah, that's a great suggestion, Dima
2: when i did the um, hobbit immersion camp i yeah. put a picture of my dog right behind the camera and i like looking <laughs> at my dog so i looked at the camera quite easily there but you go if that, if that helps you out i would say go for that
0: yeah yeah no having something that you like to look at right there that you can that you can stare at is is definitely is definitely a good thing it doesn't have to be even if you're just a little near the camera like you don't have to like stare straight into the camera like this if you're staring like an inch above the camera people <laughs> aren't going to really be able to tell the difference so it's, it's all good it's all good
2: i'd like to say that matthew i love whatever room you are in with the maps and the <laughs> beautiful i i I'm assuming weapons displayed behind you. And I mean, I had to do laundry. I had to fold laundry in order to be ready to do this. But <laughs> Demay, I love the woodwork in your house. And Elise... I have weapons too up there. Look closely. Oh, it's crockery. Is that is up old, there? Old, oh, oh, you do... Yes. But there, are, there are two swords up there. <laughs> not to be outdone it's a letter opener so the fact that people have taken time to make their background yeah pleasant matthew you were briefly upside down and that was adorable um <laughs> it's just a little thing to remember before we get ready you know get dressed to your shoes and earrings and make the background look harmonious um, we have a lecturer at Sanctum named Amy Sturgis, and the mm, right. in her house are just gorgeous. I stare at the yes. woodwork while I'm absorbing her amazing. She,
4: <laughs> she also wears a new pair of Star Wars earrings every class lecture.
2: <laughs>
0: yes.
4: she has such a collection. So, you know, little <laughs> signature things like that. It's delightful, exactly. right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. There are all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, one thing uh, I did want to. It's one of to... the things oh, that. Um, sorry,
0: go ahead. Uh, oh, hang on a second, um, Matt. Go Matt, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, Matt, you.
3: Okay, um, it's one of the things a colleague of mine, uh, who Corey knows, Jermaine King, yeah, uh, spends a good bit of time thinking about and talking about the persona that you bring yes. to your class and yes. and the choices we make because he um, he tries to keep it as minimum of difference as possible. So the, the person you bump into in the grocery store is the person that's in front of the class. Uh, my students might not recognize me uh, right now because there's a coat and tie missing. Uh, <laughs> right. And it, it's, this is not the Professor DeForest who has shown up here. Right. Uh, so it, it is something that as you move to an online setting, you should spend some time thinking about who is it that's showing up as well as what is behind you
0: yeah you don't i mean you don't need a green screen you don't need you know you don't need again a really fancy setup it is important to think about to realize people are going to be seeing whatever's behind you and so um you know and matt that's always really important to think about self-presentation and encourage your students to think about self-presentation uh as well but of course as luke was pointing out in the chat one of those ways in which online education will quickly commend itself to you for advantages it has over classroom uh, teaching is that you only have to worry about your self-presentation from about the sternum up. Uh, So it (laughs) creates a good deal more wardrobe flexibility uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, (laughs) So, you know, that's, I'm serious. Come on, don't pretend that isn't a perk. It's totally a perk. (laughs) it would be disingenuous not to confess that that's a (laughs) perk but anyway okay good well we've been we've been going for a long time here tonight and of course my regular students know that I can talk for many hours but I don't want to I don't want to uh, presume on everybody's patience Um, my last word about seminar mode and just talking like this the more you get used to it the more that it is just like it's not very much different from talking in class. There are some things that are different challenges, but there are some advantages too. Like for instance, you're never gonna have to tell one of your students to stop touching one of your other students, <laughs> right? You won't have that problem. Um, you know, I, I I often used to say, you know, years ago, I often used to say that, you know, online education, like if you're doing interactive online education like this. There's nothing you can do in an online classroom, an online discussion class that you can't do in a brick and mortar discussion class except breathe the same air. I used to say casually as if that was a mere nothing now of course it's not a mere nothing. that's kind of a big deal increasingly uh, but um, but really it's uh, there's 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 a lot of benefit to it, and the more um, the more comfortable. Uh, that you get. The the more you practice, the more this can just be like, you know, standing in front of your classroom and talking to your students, and you can have exactly the same kind of discussions uh, and interactions with them that you normally would. All right, I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to do my one last thing, and then I'll let everybody go. Uh, So if you guys could just turn your webcams off now. Thank you, everybody, and thanks, Sharon. Sorry you couldn't get the webcam working, but we made it happen anyway. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, the last thing that I, I, I promised that I would talk about, um, uh, is the new program that Signum is launching to try to help out, uh, with this. So let me, let me rearrange things and I'm going to share my screen briefly. okay. And there we go. Okay. Um, so the Signum Teacher Mentorship Program uh, is a, a new program that we're just launching right now. Because I know that general tips and advice are all well and good, but like not everything applies to you. You've got specific challenges in your specific situation. Your department, your school has particular challenges. And or maybe you're attending this and you're like, okay, that'd be great, but I, you know, this is really cool, but I wish that, like, all of my colleagues uh, could hear this, and there are a lot of people that need help, or we as a department need help, or, you know, to try to figure out what, you know, what to plan, and what to do, and uh, how to approach this, and what to require, and things like that. Maybe you're a principal, Um, you know, all kinds of different things. So, what I would, what we want to make available to people is individual mentorships right we at signum university have been doing this for a long time we are really comfortable in the online teaching environment and we want to make our own expertise uh available to folks um we know that a lot of people really need help right now um so we are offering mentorships, these come in two different forms, there's group mentoring and, and individual mentoring that we're going to offer. Group mentoring is for like, the faculty of an entire small school or maybe of a department. Um, the, uh, you know, the Group mentoring is limited to 50 people. Um, if it's more than 50 people, it's going to be hard to be interactive in any significant way, but, um, but up to 50 people in a group can do a group mentoring project. And the idea there is that one of our SIGNUM mentors will meet online, um, will meet with your group um, to find out the parameters of what you're working on what are the challenges that you're facing to kind of talk through some of the ways in which you can approach those specific things with your con with your curriculum your content your students your software Um, to help you make a plan for you know thinking about the teaching goals that you had for the rest of this year the things that you need to accomplish um, you know for your school or your organization or whatever it is and to try to help you formulate a plan for how to convert that how to how to accomplish as many of those goals as possible in an online environment. Again, I know that um, the kind of general, uh, you know, sort of general tips that I've been giving tonight kind of only go so far in helping to make those particular plans. Um, Now we will have to chart. I wish we could like offer free mentorship to everybody, but we, would do nothing else if we did that. Uh, and we need to operate Signum University too. Um, uh, and I really need to be able to pay our people who are uh, who are doing this. So we're trying to charge as little as possible because we know that there are a lot of needs and the last thing we want to do is just try to make a profit at other people's expense. Um, also, I would add another reason why I am f- totally comfortable in charging some for these mentorships is that... Um, some of our own Signum people, um, as many of you, I'm sure, have been in this situation as well, some of our own Signum people are now out of work, at least temporarily, without income because of uh, the whole coronavirus situation. Um, uh, and I would love to, you know, and so some of the uh, some of the money that we bring in through this program will be helping out some of those people, uh, which I am particularly keen to do. Um, anyway, so, let me explain how the, the mentorship programs were. As I say, we're keeping the fees as low as possible, a group mentorship uh, to, to mentor, again, up to 50 people. Um, that's $480 for the group. And again, what, what, it's a, it's a simple thing we know there's not you know nobody has time for like prolonged stuff right now. We'll do one session, one two hour session where we'll meet with your group and we'll we'll find out we answer questions that they have and as I was explaining before, uh, help them to make a plan for how to go about um, accomplishing your organization's teaching goals in the remote environment that you have available to you okay so that's what we'll do in that first two hour session then we'll schedule a follow-up session an hour-long follow-up session in which we can sort of talk like a, a like a week or two later to say how are things going um and what any problems that you're having questions that you have after trying to implement this um, uh, for a while that's that's definitely so that's that's what the group session would be again so for so 480 uh to have a, a personal mentor for your group or organization uh whatever that is again up to 50 people so for instance if you know, there was a large school or maybe multiple schools in a school district uh, who wanted to work with us. We'd be happy to work with larger groups like that. We just might need to form a couple different groups. Um, I also would rather keep, we're willing to do not just higher education, that's what I do personally, that's my specialty, but um, we also have people who have uh, a lot of experience with K-12 through primary and secondary teaching. I'd rather sort of keep those separate, like not have mixed groups of like you know, kindergarten, if the kindergarten teachers and the high school teachers are in the same group, there are gonna be so many different issues, it's gonna be hard to really be productive there. So I'd like to, uh, we'd, we'd like to keep groups focused on like primary, you know, primary teaching, secondary teaching, higher education, just to, to sort of make sure that these uh, sessions will be as impactful as possible for the groups in question. Um, and the, and, but we're also offering individual mentoring. Uh, So if you are a teacher, maybe your school as a whole isn't doing this, maybe, you know, because I know a lot of, I mean, I've got friends and friends of friends who are individual teachers who have just been kind of thrown in the pool here, you know, who are are just kind of not being given very much support, but just kind of given a mandate. Okay, now do it all online, Um, you know, and maybe there there are still going to be expectations and you're still up against uh, you know, certain deadlines and challenges, and you're not sure what to do. We So we are going to offer individual mentoring. Same pattern where your mentor will meet with you the first time just to, to help you make a plan, right, to hear, to answer your questions, to help you figure out the path you know to try to walk here um to to be able to do what you do as effectively as possible remotely and then we'll do a follow-up sh- session those will be shorter just an, an hour-long session for the first session and a half hour follow-up so it won't be too much of your time um also making that as inexpensive as possible uh the price for that uh is hundred dollars uh per individual so it's uh it's 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 an inexpensive it's as inexpensive as we can make it again we need to we do need to pay our mentors for their time because it is gonna be a lot of time working with lots of different people um, but I'm really excited uh to make this available uh, uh to people and I hope that um uh, I hope that if you have any questions, please do reach out. Uh, the email address for this is mentor at so if So if you have any questions, if you're wondering, is this something I could use for my organization or, you know, I want to, you know, I have questions so that I can go back and talk to our principal, you know, uh, tomorrow about this or whatever, um, uh email us at mentor at and we'll give you what information we need. We can talk with you about how we can sort of set things up. Okay. Um, so I just, I want to encourage you to spread the word about this. If there are ways that we can help people, we would really like to be able to, I'd really like to be able to do all those things that I said I couldn't do in this session, you know, to be able to help you plan for in your individual circumstances, um, we we hope to be able to do that both for individuals and for groups my hope is that there will be some people even if your school district or your school uh or your university is not you know willing to do a group session and 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 but it you know perhaps you know you, you could talk about you know doing an individual session and getting reimbursed for that i would hope that maybe uh the school would the school would support its teachers in that way as well i would hope so for more information on this you can come to our web page here signumuniversity.org mentorship is the address there signumuniversity.org mentorship Um, and then you just click on these links down here uh, to go to our registration page and this is our registration page you can register for multiple groups or multiple individuals as well Um, just um, Uh, Just uh, click down here how many mentorships you would like. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Um, uh, Let us know if you have any questions or if there are any other ways uh, that we can help. I hope that you found this helpful. uh, And I appreciate your uh, joining me tonight. Thanks, everybody. Bye now.